that place. Looking at what is, if you'll allow this, my higher heritage. Yes, I am African American. Um, my brother did, uh, I got my brother one birthday gift uh, one year, last year, as a matter of fact, the, the Ancestry.com DNA kit, and I uh, let him swab. I'm not swabbing. Do the spit and all that. I'm not doing that, but he did it. And so I know that my people came from this huge Bantu region, Western C Central Africa. But do you know how big that is? So I don't know where I'm from. <laughs> I know I'm from Africa, you know. But we have a higher heritage, and that's in our father Abraham. And I am unapologetically more Christian than I am black. Now I'm going to tell you. You know, some people, you know, come at me because of different stances that I have on, on, on different issues. I don't apologize because there's a righteous way and there's an unrighteous way. And I don't care about color because I know in the end, hallelujah, this corrupted, this corrupted body is going to put on incorruption. And when we get our new spirit body, there ain't going to be no color distinction. My God. So we've got to focus our eyes on those things that truly, truly, truly will last. And that's our relationship with Jesus Christ and where we stand with him. Amen. So I, I, I encourage you all to, uh, to know your history, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the ugly. Know it. No, I said know it. Because if you knew where you came from, nobody could ever shame you as if you've made no contributions. Because there'll be something in your soul that'll say, oh no, May Jemison. Oh no, Booker T. Oh no, George Washington Carver. Oh no, who the list goes on and on. And can I tell you something? It's still happening. It's just we're so busy looking at the wrong people. I got mad that I didn't know who Calvin Tyler Jr. is, the gentleman who gave Morgan State University $20 million, our brother. Who are you and where? All I could find was in 1998, he was on the board of UPS and he resigned and went on to do his thing. But I don't even know what his thing is, but his thing is powerful because when it came to write a $20 million check, he and his wife made good on it. That was after they'd already given a $5 million endowment. So we are still doing great things, regardless of what CNN, Fox, and MSNBC says. We're doing great things. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. Because we are saved. We are sanctified. We are Holy Ghost filled. We are fire baptized. We've got something on the inside that's working on the outside. And I'm going to tell you, it's enough to change the entire world. My God, amen. Lord, I honor you this morning, and I bless your name for this house, for these, your people. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you. I thank you, and I'm humbled that you would use me as a vessel to deliver your word 
to your peoples. I honor you this morning for that, and I honor them, Father God, for being here and being willing to receive. Now I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, that they be acceptable in your sight, and that the seed of the word finds good ground in these your people, and they bring forth some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Real quick, just three little verses of scripture before we, uh, we get into this. And my intent today by the Holy Spirit is to stir you up to receive. To stir you up to a place where you go home and not you're being um, ungrateful, but you become completely dissatisfied with the current state. I don't want you to be ungrateful. Don't be ungrateful. But I want you to be completely dissatisfied. If that makes sense, all right? So let's go to Isaiah chapter 51, verses 1 through 2, and then we'll jump over to 3 John and verse 2. Listen to me. Guess who's talking here? God. Now, if God says, listen to me, do you think that warrants our attention? Yes. Yeah. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. And people in here fit that category. Yes. Following after righteousness and you're seeking the Lord. All right, you're the right people. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham. Not your favorite YouTube star. Not your favorite celebrity. Nope. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Can I have verse 3 too? I know I didn't have that on there, but I like verse 3. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will make all her waste places. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden. Oh, my God. Anybody read about Eden? He'll make all of your waste places look like Eden. Come on. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Look at this. Look at this. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Now, Pastor just told us what that joy is going to do. It's going to break the stronghold. It's going to break the stronghold. Now, let's go over to 3 John, verse 2. Hallelujah. Beloved. Look at that. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You may have your seat. This morning, real quick, it ain't going to take too long. I always say that, don't I? <laughs> but we're going to talk about the receiving soul. The receiving soul. We are intentionally designed by God as triune beings. That means we're three-part being. We have bodies. We have a soul and we are a spirit. We're three parts. Now, 
When you become righteous or you get saved and you allow your new recreation reality to take hold, you accept who you are in Christ. You accept it. I don't say you know it. I don't say you read about it. I say you accept it. There are a lot of people who go to church for a very long time and never accept who we are in Christ. So that's why you see people like, well, why are they still doing this? And why are they still behaving that way? And why are they still sick? And why are they still poor? They're saved. It's just that they have not yet received the truths of this word. They believe it's true. But they struggle with, is it true for me? See, we had grandmothers and grandfathers who believed we could touch the stars and have them if we wanted. But they couldn't receive that for themselves. You know what I'm saying? They'd send their babies off to college with scrape up every dime they had to make sure we could be educated. But something in them said, well, baby, I'm fine. They knew it was possible, but they didn't see how it could be possible for them. So we're talking about this morning, the receiving soul. So listen, so we understand that this year is the year of miracles. And when you receive a miracle, there's not much for you to do. You just got to believe it. You just know that God is still working miracles. He's decided that this year is going to be a year where he's going to pour out great miracles on his people. But there's nothing for you to do in the realm of the miracle or the realm of the supernatural in the terms of miracles. But let me tell you what can't happen. We can't sit up looking for miracles and forget that we still have to operate in faith. Now, why am I saying that? Because I caught myself sitting and just excited about miracles. Waking up and saying financial miracles are happening in my life every day. Believing that miracles were going to come, that this was going to be the year of turnaround, that supernatural things were going to happen. But then when I stop and begin to access things, I'm like, okay, you kind of slipping on your faith works. My actions, I'm, I'm slipping on, I'm believing for the miracles. I know faith works. I've been working faith. But I'm talking about being an active participant in the realm of faith. I caught myself slipping because I got so excited about miracles that I forgot that, hey, girl, there's something you're to be doing. God's got the miracles. God's got the miracles. You know, one night Pastor and I were sitting in bed, and we like to watch these videos that stir us up. Uh, these houses that are super mansions. They're, 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 they, just, they, just, they just open your eyes up to a place where people live like that? You know, behind some of these gates, when you go down to Miami, you know, you, you look across the waterways and you know there are people that live over there, but you think you're going to go to it, but you run into this gate like, oh, no, 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 you can't come back here because they don't allow people to just come and wander through. You know, people are driving things that you can't get off the lot. Like they'll spend 200,000 on a car and then take it somewhere and spend another couple hundred thousand to make it really be what they really. And I found myself sitting there looking at it like, 
Ooh, ooh, that's so nice. That's so nice. That's... And so one morning after we had the conversation, pastor asked me this. He said, what kind of house do you think Abraham would be in? I said, huh? What kind of house would Abraham? Do you think these houses could, could accommodate? And I'm going, no, this man had 318 trained servants born in his house. And they're, no. You know, I'm looking at this, 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 these, these Bentleys and, and Range Rovers and, and Rolls Royces that Mansory in, in Germany, or wherever they are, I think they're German, they, they customized them. Do you think he'd have one of those, or would he have? How many would you have to have if you got that many trained servants, that many children being born, that much land, that And so I'm sitting there for the rest of the day. I went and sat on the steps of, of the house, and, and God said to me, he said, you know you're Abraham's seed. I am. He says, well, when are you going to get some trained staff? And when are you going to get everything that he had? When are you going to, you know, birth nations? Are you satisfied? You're going to come here another year and this school be this? Are you going to come to church next year and the church still be this? Are you satisfied? Oh, so you're debt free. Is that it? Oh, so you bought a car cash. Is that it? Oh, so your Achilles is healed. Is that it? And I had gotten so excited about things that had been happening miraculously that I forgot I'm still supposed to be working my faith. I've got to get my soul to a place where my soul is able to receive more than I've already received. Do you know your faith can only go as far as your soul allows it? We just read that in 3 John, chapter, uh, 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you prosper, that you prosper, and that you be in health even as your soul prospers. So if my soul doesn't prosper to a place that's beyond where I currently am, I can't have more than I currently have. Oh, here she go talking about stuff. Nope, it's more than stuff. It's more than stuff. It's wonderful that I've received a miraculous healing, but when are you going to start ministering miraculous healing outside of church? Outside of church. You know, when you're walking through the mall and you see somebody obviously sick, obviously in pain, when are you going to get to the place where you say, excuse me, do you know the healing power of Jesus? Well, if not, I'm ready to minister it. And not just ministering, hoping, ministering, knowing that when are you going to, when are you going to prosper to that place? When are you going to prosper to that place? When do you prosper past this calm? Because what happens in our souls is that our soul does not like to be challenged. So when we get to a place where we feel like we're good, we stop. 
Because in order to get you to the next place, you have to be prodded. And nobody likes to be prodded. That's why small groups is so tough to get people to consistently commit flight leaders. I'm telling you, I'm helping you. This is why it's hard to get people to consistently commit to meeting in a small group and actually participate. You want to know? Because they don't want to be prodded. They don't want you to look at them and say, how much have you saved this year? They don't want you to look at them and say, hey, you haven't manifested that yet? They don't want you to look at them and say, hey, what are you believing? What are your scriptures you're standing on? See, it's easy to come in here. I said it's easy to come in here. It's easy to come and shout, amen, pastor. Preach, pastor Kim. Ooh, you saying it, doc. And then go home and do nothing. Because your soul is satisfied. See, as long as we can find three people that we're better than, as long as we can find three people that we think we're better than, we hit cruise control. But Father God began to stir me up. He says, I need you to do something. I need you to look at Abraham. Look at him. Look at Sarah and get yourself stirred up. Because baby girl, he has more than you could ever dream of having without the blood, without the cross, without the angels. He has all of it. He didn't know he could call on angels. He didn't know that. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have YouTube. He didn't have SoundCloud. He didn't have, he didn't have it. He had to just hear a word and take it and run with it. You know, as if that wasn't enough. I'm just sitting on the edge of the bed, just tending to my business, and I'm, I turned on YouTube, because that's my TV, because I can control the content. And I'm sitting and I'm looking. Yeah, you can control it. Somebody said, no, you can. Yes, you can. You stop watching foolishness, foolishness won't pop up in your feed. But if you watch foolishness, foolishness pops up in your recommended. Okay, so you can control your, t yeah, you can control it. So if you see something, I don't watch that, go ask who been watching this on my account. You'll know where the problem is right there. Yeah, hit a thumbs down and it never show up again. But So then there was this, Beautiful black lady, I knew about her. Her name is Sheila Johnson, the first African-American female billionaire. And I'm sitting and I'm watching her, and, and, and she didn't come for money. Her dad was in the military. Her mom worked, you know, and, and there she was. Her daddy de decided that he was going to enroll her in a white school. And... Um, well, she was able to pass. Can I tell you something? Your hair always give you away. But they didn't care. They didn't care. You're going to this school. And you're going to deal with whatever it is they dish. No, you're not going to quit. I said, no, you're not going to quit. No, I'm not coming to pick you up. No, we're not changing schools. No, nope, you're going to endure. Then she began, they fast forwarded to where she is now, billionaire woman, we're at COVID. Do you know what she did during COVID? 
she learned how to play the cello. Now, I fell on the floor, literally, because, you know, I'm kind of animated like that. <laughs> because, by myself, yeah, I don't need an audience to cut up. I cut up by myself. Because my family will attest, there was a whole season where I said, I'm going to learn to play the cello. I don't know why, but I just felt like, I'm going to SBC and I'm going to learn how to play. And here it is. During the pandemic, while everybody's sheltered in place, she learned, so the segment opened with her sitting there with a the little group, and, she, and I'm sitting here like, what? Well, then she goes, you know, she owns a huge resort, the Salamander Resort. And in, in one in uh, Virginia, Middlesburg or somewhere, something like that, Virginia, with the horses, that one. And she went into the downtown area, and there was this beautiful shop that always had the Confederate flag in it. And the Confederate flag offended her, as it should. But you know what she did? She didn't pick it. She didn't write nasty letters. She called her realtors. She called her lawyers. And she said, we're buying this building. She said, and I bought the building, and the first thing I did was take the Confederate flag down. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, the church is complaining about a thousand and one things. Do you know how we fix a thousand and one things plus a thousand others? Is get enough money to buy the thing and take down whatever it is you don't like. I took, I took our babies walking, because we walk every Monday if the weather's permitting. We're up to 1.5 miles. And, and yeah, me and the babies, we walk. It's just so precious. It's just precious. The, the, the school babies. And uh, we take our Monday mural walk, and we hit Central last week. Yeah, the big kids go too. We hit Central. We hit Central Avenue, and they're all the rainbow flags, and they're in the shop windows, and they're everywhere, and they're everywhere, and they're, they're just everywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And, and I said, you know, what do you do? Because then you walk past the big rainbow painted in the street. And you're like, oh, God, what do we do? Now, you can pick it. You can write letters. It ain't going to do nothing. You know why? Because they own the buildings. And when you own the buildings in America, you can hang whatever you want to hang in your window. And then when you get enough of them on your city council, then you can pass laws and then, hey, banners go up and banners don't come down. The reason I'm saying that is because one of the children asked, well, where are the black history banners? Because we were, well, I can't, I can't. Baby, we don't have enough money to put up black history banners. I said, we don't, we don't, we don't, have, we don't have enough money to put up. And they looked my eyes, they looked at me and they, but see, I tell the truth to them. Because see, if nothing else, one day they might be 30 and say, now I got enough money to buy black history banners, and black history banners will go all up and down. I think the heater is blowing and it's not working for me. Help me, please. Yeah, so we've got to get it. I said, we've got to get it. And so the Lord told me how to get it. He says, you've got to get your soul together. You've got to get a soul that's able to receive any and everything, regardless of how big, how insurmountable, how great it appears to be. You've got to be able to look at something and not see it as an obstacle, but see it as an opportunity. Yeah. 
Everything is not, you know, supposed to be an obstacle. I'm coming. No, we're supposed to look at it and say, hey, I'm about to take that mountain right there. Remember when we were kids? We were like that. We look at something and nothing may, hey, hey, I have a scar on my leg right now playing water get higher. Anybody know that game? Anybody 70s, baby? Water getting higher, higher, higher. Water. And you had to jump over a little string, whatever you found, an old telephone wire, whatever it is. And you run and you jump over and you just kept jumping over. Well, I didn't look at one that was probably past my knees. I never looked at it and said, oh, I can't do that. No, I know what to do. I'm going to back up a little farther. I'm going to run a little faster, and I'm going to take this thing. I'm going to back up, and I'm going to run a little faster, and I'm going to run a little harder, and I'm going to take this thing. And then my brother got in front of me, and he went and did it, and I said, oh, my God, he went before me, and he did it. Guess what? I'm going to back up. I'm going to run a little faster, and I'm going to hit it. Well, I ran, and my foot got caught, and I, I hurt myself, but that's okay. Because at least I didn't sit on the step of the house. See, I found where my limit was. So I knew now where I had to work. When the line got up past my knees, Kim, you got to come up with something different. You either got to jump with your legs out, you got to pull your legs out. But I knew everything in our lives cannot be an obstacle. Everything can, it's got to at some point turn into an opportunity. All right? So let's look at Abraham. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 39. Our ability to receive is based on our ability to believe. That's faith, right? Which in turn is truly based upon our soul's ability to conceive. I cannot receive until I believe, and I cannot believe until I conceive it. I can't keep looking at things and think, that's too much, that's too big, that's too hard, that's too far-fetched. No, I've got to do the work in my soul that will make me rise up. Hebrews 10.39 in the New King James Version says it this way. It says, but we are not those who draw back because we see an obstacle. We're not those. The Bible says who draw back to perdition or to destruction, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. So I've got to get myself to a place where I believe enough that I can now see it. How do you do that? Okay, our souls. Our souls, without the word of God, know no boundaries. So it's always out there looking for something, feeling for something, trying to hear something, wanting something. It's just reaching everywhere. It will try this week Hinduism. It'll try next week black Hebrew Israelite. Three weeks from then, you know, you'll be a complete Jew. The week after that, you'll, you know, it will, it's always groping and grasping for something because your spirit knows that this ain't enough. So your soul is always trying to find that place, right, where it can settle itself. But I have to give my soul boundaries. Here's what I do. I get into this word until I get to a place where I actually believe it. 
When I start to believe it, when I start to develop faith, I now put some boundaries on my soul that tells my soul, this is the way we're going to do this, walk in it. This is the way we're going to do this, walk in it. Negative thought comes or contrary thought comes. My soul is supposed to say, oh, no, no, no. That's not the boundaries we've set for ourselves. Get back over here. That's far-fetched. Here's what's happening. We're not spending enough time here. So our souls are everywhere. You know, everybody is looking for, now they got everybody talking about some stimulus money. <laughs> Waiting on my stimmy. Waiting on my stimmy. My stimmy coming. Got my stimmy. Okay. Tell me what you're going to do in 2022. I said, what are you going to do in 2022? <laughs> what, they're going to just print some more money and give you more than no, that's not how this works. Let's stop and think about this, really. Let's stop and think about this. You're talking a family of four, this next check, $5,600. Somebody said, ooh, ooh, ooh. What is $5,600? The houses we watch that would not be enough for Abraham and Sarah, they would thumb their nose on it. The little sconce hanging over their nightstand costs more than that. But they've got us, the put, not us, some of them folk, down here, just, oh my God, just waiting for it. Just, when God has given us, come on y'all, divine and precious promises, he's already, first, second Peter chapter one, go to second Peter. Second Peter chapter one. I'll start at verse 2 for context. Peter's saying, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. In the knowledge of whom? God. God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to what? Life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which we have been given or has been given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption or destruction or defilement that is in the world through lust. So the scripture is telling us that there are things people are really lusting after. But we don't have to lust after them because we've already been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. We are already healed. Actually, we already have divine health. Well, Pastor Kim, I'm sick. Wrong. You're well. You are whole. But your soul has got to take that. Well, Pastor Kim, I am struggling fi financially. No, you are rich. What do you mean I'm rich? No, you're rich. Your soul just has not yet allowed that seed to conceive. It keeps choking it out. Mark chapter 4, read about those grounds. That's about the condition of your soul. It keeps getting choked out. Oh, Pastor Kim, you don't understand. My children are just, no, no, no. Your whole household is saved. Your whole household is saved and walking in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Where they're still acting a donkey. Close your eyes. Get off of their Facebook. Get off of their Instagram. Why? Because it's allowing your boundaries to be moved. 
You've got to protect your... You've got to protect your soul. If you don't protect your soul, you start moving your boundaries. And so now, you're not speaking what your spirit knows, the word, you start speaking what you see with your physical eyes. They still cutting up. They still cutting up. Ooh, I felt the pain. Ooh, no, 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 no. No, you're not. You're not in pain. No, no, no. That I'm, I can't lie to myself. You're not lying to yourself. You're speaking the truth of the word. Here we go, ladies, again. Here we go. Here we go. His word is truth. Sanctify them by their word. Your word is truth. There's not, there's, they're not multiple truths. There's only one truth. There can be a lot of facts. Do you know facts are just data points? You've, you've surveyed something, you've looked at something. Oh, it's a fact, oh, it's a fact, but what's the truth? What's the truth? You know, they tell us in Florida, you cannot have a basement. You can't have a basement. You live in Florida, you can't have a basement. You cannot have anything underground. You live in Florida. No, it's not possible. Well, tell it to all the people in Miami who are big, building these mega mansions that are parking their cars underground. <laughs> Do you know what they decided? We'll just bring in enough earth so that I can. See, they didn't see. What is the truth? The truth is, if I have enough earth, I can go under. Oh, Florida's flat. You can only dig so many feet before you. What does that got to do with a person who's believing for a basement? Somebody want to park 21 cars and don't want their driveway to be cluttered. You know, people got 21 cars, right? People got 40 cars. People that guy over in the United Arab Emirates, he travels with the fleet. That guy pulls up big old Boeing 7-something-somethings and just drive all his car. And I'm sitting here, what? you got to watch this stuff. Why, Pastor Kim? Because it'll make you look at where you are and say, enough is enough. Don't end Black History Month today. Keep looking at people who did what you're trying to do and did it well without the resources that you have with your rich self, with your educated self. Oh, Pastor told you 98% of the problem is you. No, it can't be. It is. You're in control of your soul, your body, and your spirit, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. They belong to God. Your soul that's up to you. What you're able to see, what you're able to conceive, that's up to you. If you keep your boundaries right here, you won't conceive much. It's like wanting to plant a garden. You can go and plant a little garden, and you can dig out. As a matter of fact, people are doing container gardens now. You can go to Home Depot and get you a, a nice size rectangular pot, and you can plant you a little parsley here, a little deal here. Now, with that, all you're going to be able to do is season some chicken. 
That's all you're going to be able to do. You might be able to do a herb-crusted chicken, some herb-crusted pork chops. That's all you're going to be able to do with your little container garden. Now, you go ahead and say, I'm going to dig me up a, a four-foot-by-four-foot little plot in my backyard. Now, you might be able to plant you a couple of yellow squash. Maybe get you a little bell pepper. Get you a little bit of tomato. But can I tell you something? With that, all you're going to be able to do is feed your family for a couple of weeks. But if you decide that I'm going to buy a county, Do you know you can now begin to feed nations? But it's about your boundaries, the boundaries of your soul. The difference between people who are doing amazing things and those of us who are just surviving, I said those of us, is how big you can see. Where are your boundary lines? Well, the Lord has set our boundary lines. He said, look unto Abraham. Look at him. Don't look at these. These frauds on the internet, they're frauds, y'all. They're frauds. They are frauds. It's a filter. She don't look like that. She ain't built like that. They're not really driving that. They borrowed that car. You know, I do. Some of them real housewives, you go and Google their name, and you find out you, that business been closed 10 years. How you still? Because she borrowed those shoes from that girl she know, and she's sitting on the sofa with her red bottom, and we like, oh, my God, I want They not hers. You can borrow a pair, too. Borrow you a pair and feel good for a day, but you better take them back the way you got them. Do you see what I'm saying? So we've got to get our boundaries. Okay, you can. If you just want to post it, I'm going to tell you what to do. You go to Neiman's, you ask for your size, you sit down, you cross your leg, just put your phone, don't come all up here. Just put your phone, just Now everybody think you got a pair of Louboutin. Everybody think you got it. Every, you just, that's, do you want to fake it or do you really want to make it? I, I want to make it. Okay, I'm going to tell you how to make it. You got to get your soul together. I said you got to get your soul together. I said your prosperity is in your soul. You got to get your soul together. When you come in here, I, listen, I never, ever get into the presence of Mama Alberta and Dad Derber and not expect to get rubbed, scraped, pinched, prodded, and they're not even intentionally doing it. They're not even intentionally doing it. It could be something as simple as we're riding in the car, we get to the exit of the interstate, there's somebody there with a, with a sign up, and he peels off a $100 bill and hand it to him. And I'm sitting there like, where you get that drug addict a $100 bill? And I'm, that's, how I'm, that's how I'm thinking. But he ain't thinking like that. He ain't thinking like that. He's just thinking, hey, there's another opportunity for me to give to somebody, another opportunity for me to bless somebody. It, 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 it's, it's making me say, <clears throat> You go to the mall with them, and, and, and Mom Alberta wants some red sunglasses. And she, red sunglasses. She, and Dad's like, get whichever one you want. I'm looking at it, get whatever, get whatever one you want. And then he looks at me, well, what you want? Soul couldn't handle it. Soul couldn't handle it. You know, I'm, you know what happens when you're so, oh, I'm good. 
That's exactly what I did, isn't it? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. See, your soul's got to get here. Your soul's got to get here. I'm telling you something. Your soul's going to have to get here. What God is requiring of his church in these last days, this cute little thing we got going on, it ain't going to cut it. Okay. We keep talking about a revival. Where are we going to hold it? Because I think we pulled out all the chairs, right? We might have a couple. We can't hold it here. Hmm. Well, maybe we can use the other big church. Oh, they're not opening. Okay, that we can't. can't and it ain't, it ain't big enough either. Okay, well, 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 you know, you can you can go up to the trunk before they tear it. Before they tear it, who spends that kind of money and tear something down? People who got money and don't care nothing about tearing something down. Well, when you go to talk to them about, let's can we rent this? Can you fathom what you've got to pay for the security? Can you fathom what ten thousand a day? Ten thousand. 10,000, who got the first night? Oh, we're going to do a two-hour revival. We're going to do a two-hour revival. Give me two hours. Pastor, we're going in. We're going to do a two-hour revival. Come on, get him in, get him in, get him saved. Go, go, go. Yeah, that was 15 years ago. That was 15 years ago when, yeah. Do, 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 do you see what I'm, do you see why, do you see what I'm? Yes, ma'am. Do you know, uh, since I've been saved, healing-wise, I have not. I didn't have to walk through a whole lot. We've had some testimonies, bless God. But this last thing, you know, it would have been nice to have somewhere where you could just go and just get your faith built up because everybody doesn't need to be in a hospital, but people do need to be in a place where the word can be pumped to them. You know, more than just healing school on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. But what about some place where somebody's really trying to build their faith to get over cancer or to get over lupus, and they could come and stay for two weeks, and, and somebody's feeding them a healthy meal, not so that they can have chemo at Cancer Center Treatment of America, but so that the word can be pumped into them and pumped into them, and doctors can come and see them and pray over them. And how do you pay for that? How do you pay for that, children of God? Oh, we need schools, ladies and gentlemen. We need schools. I said we need schools. I don't say we should get schools. I said we need schools. You know, I was just watching this morning the, uh, the, secretary, the assistant person trying to become the assistant secretary of health uh, under the new Biden administration, transgender, um, so Rand Paul asked the question, do you think it's okay for children to be able to make the decision to mutilate their genitalia? Do you think it's okay for children to be able, you know, to take, without parent consent, to be able to take uh, body-altering hormones? Do you know what the joker said? When you, uh, when I'm elected or confirmed for this position, when I'm confirmed, then I'll come to your office and talk about it. So you didn't say no. So where do you get an agenda large enough or an audience large enough to push something like that? The public schools. Pastor Kim, you making this mess up. No, I'm not making it up. You know, my son plays baseball. 
And I didn't want one day to go there and find out that they're pressuring him to get the COVID vaccine. So I began to research, how do I get the religious exemption from vaccination? As I'm reading the religious exemption for vaccination form, it clearly states in bold letters that if you are a recipient of TANF, of SNAP, or having whatever else the other acronyms were, you cannot, I said you cannot exempt from vaccinations, from any vaccination. If they deem anything to be an emergency, you must take the vaccination. Go to Pinellas County Health website. It's right on the form. If you receive anything from the government, you cannot. You cannot. So if I have a child who is struggling with their identity and they find this teacher that they really like because this demon in that teacher is really supporting the demon that's trying to work in my child. And they say, you know, the problem is, don't worry. You're just struggling. You're really a girl trapped in a boy's body. And I know how we can help you. I've got a little book that you can read, and you just read this book. And then one day, some 15-year-old that don't even know that the fitted sheet goes on first before the flat sheet, you're going to let them decide to take hormone, body-altering hormones? You're going to let that joker make that kind of decision. You're going to let them take your car. But you'll let them take hormones that will shut down their pubescence permanently without your, we need schools. We need schools. Anybody tried to buy real estate in St. Pete recently? So let's look to Abraham. Abraham had a receiving soul. Go to Romans chapter 4 and verse 1. My soul's got to be able to receive. Romans chapter 4 and verse 1. And then I'm going to give you a list, then we're going to go home. Where's Romans? Acts and Romans and then 1 Corinthians. And 4 comes before 13. Amen. What then shall we say? that Abraham, our father, has found according to flesh. What did Abraham do that the flesh produced? For if Abraham was made right or justified by works, if it was something Abraham did, he would have a reason to boast, but not before God. I don't care what you do. You can't boast before God. He made all of this. You can't, how do you boast before God? God, look at my pretty painting. Pastor, God, look, God, I painted this yesterday. God saying, girl, if you don't go outside and look out that window. <laughs> Did you look at that sunset last night? I was, I was pretty good, wasn't I? Watch tonight, you ain't seen nothing. I'm gonna put five colors together. How do you boast before God, all right? For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God. So remember what I said. Before you can 
have it before you can receive it, you've got to believe it. Well, Abraham believed it. But how many of you know it took a long time for Abraham's soul to conceive it? Well, now, Pastor Kim, Abraham, no, nope, he had to work through his soul. Remember his wife came in? You can read about that in Genesis 16 and 17. Uh, you know, Sarai came in, had this wonderful plan. Uh, here's my girl. Hey, guys, she pretty. She'll give me some kids with curly hair, dog hair. They're going to have them big black eyes. Oh, my God. And Abraham said, oh, oh, you, you, oh, oh, you serious? You know he said, are you serious? You, you serious? And she said, yeah. He said, all right, then. <laughs> he said, all right, then. And then, of course, there comes along this Ishmael. And now you got all these problems because now you got this girl who got pregnant and you can't get pregnant. Now she letting you know you can't get pregnant. So you know that was drama in that house. And what was Abraham sitting in the back room like, oh my God, Father God, what in the world? Now she told me that I could do this. And here it is. So he had to work on his soul because there was a lot going on, right? Then he had to put Ishmael out. And then God came and told him, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He said, don't worry about it. He said, let her go. Let him go. I'm going to bless him. And I'm going to make him the head of 12 nations. It's going to be all right. Do you know, in order to even have that conversation with God, there had to be some sort of soul battle? But when it was all said and done, Abram was able to get himself together, shake it, redefine those boundaries and walk this thing out to the place now where he is called our father in the faith. Now go down to verse, stay in Romans chapter 4, and let's go to verse 16. Because I want to bring us into this. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, or the true Jews, but also to those of us who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead, look at this, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now here's Abraham's soul issue, who contrary to hope, in hope, believe so that he became. Do you see that? So he had every reason to question, every reason to doubt, but he didn't. A contrary to hope, he believed so that he became what? The father of many nations. So there's something, remember we all have these great, exceedingly great and precious promises. Every last one of us has something in our lives that God has called us to do and equipped us to do. If we're not seeing it, it's because we've not yet allowed that seed of that word to grow up on the inside of us. All of us are supposed to be great. We're not supposed to be looking at the world and thinking the world is wonderful. No, the world is supposed to be looking at us and looking for answers on how to become great. We are the greatest. All right, so how do we get there? Who is, let's keep going. So shall your descendants be, verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise. See those, see those soul terms? He didn't waver at the promise of God. There was no doubt. 
through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How? Giving glory to God. He found a praise when there was not a reason to praise. I said he found a praise when there was not a reason to praise. We've got to find our praise when we don't have a reason to praise. And look at this, and being fully convinced. Now that's when the seed of that word has grown up in his soul. He's able to receive it. Uh, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So, number one, the receiving soul. I said all of that to give you these eight points. How do you know your soul is in a place much like our father Abraham, much like Sarah, where they could actually receive? Number one, he was fully persuaded and he didn't waver. We know from James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, that he who wavers, you're like a wave on the sea. You're tossed to and fro. It says you're double-minded in all your ways. And the scripture goes on to say, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now, you can work real hard. I said, but you can work real hard. But it won't be of the Lord. And how many of us know that only what we receive of the Lord will last? Only what we receive of the Lord will last. But man, if we allow God and this word to grow up in us, we will receive. Amen? So he was fully persuaded. He did not waver. Number two, he was patient. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 15. He was patient. See, there takes time. Time is required. I'll say it that way. To become fully persuaded. Why? Because there's so many things screaming at you. You've got doctor reports screaming at you. You've got symptoms screaming at you. You have bills screaming at you. You have cars breaking down, roofs leaking, children cut, all sorts of things are in your ear. But if you would just say, you know what, God? Your word says. Your word says. And keep walking through it. You'll find out that you're going to be all right. You're going to receive. Uh, 6.15 says, and so... After he had, Abram, had patiently endured, what happened? He obtained the promise. After he did what? Guys, we've got to stop giving up so easily. We've got to stop giving up so easily. Just because someone says no, what does that mean to you? God said yes. God said what? Yes. All of his promises are yes. And to them we say, amen, so be it in my life. Oh, we have already been given. I just need to find out where it is. Exceedingly great and precious promises. God, well, what did you say about that? And when you find that, now you've got to be willing to be patient. Most of us are jumping the gun too quickly. You know, we get one little word and we start running. No, 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 no. Slow down so that you don't have a misstep like Abram did. You get impatient and you start doing dumb things. Abraham did something real dumb, okay? So becoming persuaded took some time. However, Abram stayed constant. He stayed constant, said constant, constant. in communication with God. If you re as you read from uh, Genesis 14 all the way through 17, really from 12, well, really, yeah, 12, all the way through 17, he's in constant dialogue with God. Constant dialogue with God. Because it's from God, it's God who gave the promise. Well, I can't all of a sudden disconnect 
because it's not happening fast enough. It's not coming quick enough from the person who spoke it. Stay there. He knows that obstacles are coming. He knows that you're struggling. And he'll come right back down with another word to say, okay, settle down. Get your, get your boundary lines back. Get your boundary lines back, and let's walk this thing out, all right? Next, he had the corresponding actions to prove his faith. He had the corresponding actions. I hear what you're saying, but what are you doing? We talk a good game. But when it comes time to walking it out, you're failing. See, I want us to understand it this way. This life we live is an open book test. It's an open book test. It's open book. The answers are already given to us. But if we are too impatient, too lazy, um, won't do what he tells us to do, well then, that's why you're not seeing any movement. All right? It's open book. You don't have to figure this thing out. Keep talking to God. Keep talking to the person who gave you the commandment. Keep listening to his man and woman of God. The devil loves to disconnect people. The moment you get a little bit of progress, all of a sudden you think, don't got it. You don't have it yet. Abraham didn't have it. You know how many times God had to come back and tell him, okay, okay, let's, let's go over this again. Okay, you're going to be blessed. Your wife going to have a baby. I didn't say, hey, God going to have a baby. I said, your wife is going to have a baby. It's going to happen. But he had to look past a whole lot of things. That brings us to the next one. Oh, no, I didn't say anything about that. Corresponding actions, James 2.22. You got to do something. Say, I've got to do something. Why? Because do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works, Faith was made perfect. Abraham, do you see that faith was working together with his? Faith was working together with his? You got to have some works. Oh, God, I'm believing you to increase me. I'm believing you to bless me. Okay, you're not tithing, sugar. Sugar, you're not, sugar, sugar, you're, son, you're not tithing. Oh, I'm looking for increase. Father God, increase, increase. Are you sowing? Because increase don't come from tithing. Increase just opens, uh, tithing just opens the window of heavens over your field. Oh, well, Pastor Kim, I'm fine with my money, my body aching. Get up out the bed. Heal people, get up. Heal people, walk. Heal people, eat. Well, I don't feel like eating. You know, people with the COVID, they say, I can't taste anything I'm not eating. Eat by faith. I got on the phone with me, but I can't taste nothing. I can't eat by faith. Eat by faith. You know what it tastes like. You have a memory. You know what it tastes like. Eat by faith. Because if you don't eat by faith, you're going to pass out. You're going to be laid out. Eat by faith. Oh, Pastor, I just, oh, I can't keep nothing down. Eat by faith. Eat by faith. And exactly right. Stop saying it. But your faith has to have the corresponding actions. We can't keep saying, I believe, I believe, and I see nothing. Oh, my business about to blow up this year, Deke. Deke, my business, Deke, my business about to glow. I mean, I'm going global this year. Hey, you got a marketing plan? Mark, what marketing plan? What? Marketing plan? What are you talking about? A market? Plan my marketing. What you, you don't even know what marketing is. 
Oh, well, this year, this year, this year, this year, ooh, this year, this year what? This year what? No, really, this year, we hear that all the time. Oh, this gonna be my year, this year. Oh, Pastor Kim, Pastor Kim, who made a kill? I'm making all A's and B's this year, Pastor Kim, Pastor Kim, I'm making all A's and B's. You did your homework last night? Oh, no. Well, you know, you know, you know. You, you have to have the chorus. When I say corresponding, that means your works have to match what you're saying. Your works have to match what you're believing. You can't be saying I'm going to make all A's and you don't read your workbooks. You don't read your textbooks. No, you're not going to make all A's. I guarantee you that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to be a millionaire. No, you're not. You haven't booked any clients this year. Nope, you're not. What are you waiting on? You're waiting on a miracle. That miracle could be in 2029. 2030. Wait, this the year of miracles. Yes, and miracles have begun. They have begun. This ain't the ending of miracles. So I don't know how long the miracle season is until he comes back. But if you start to work your faith, and now have the corresponding actions you can expect to receive, like Abraham did. All right, here it is. He did not focus or dwell on the negative. Oh, stop being so negative. Oh, your face, why I look like that? Oh, she ran for me, she didn't even speak. Yeah, I saw your face coming. Lamika, everybody every day don't want to deal with that. Every day. Not every day. No, Not that. Every day. No, but see, the face tell you it's coming like, oh, it's that again. No, I ain't doing that today. Well, why does the face look like that? Because you're dwelling and focusing on the wrong thing. Abram, Abraham did not look at any. Let's read it again. Let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 19 through 25 in the message. Let's put it as plain as we can. Well, I've been believing. Oh. I can read it. Abraham did not focus on his own. Oh, but I can see that better. <laughs> Can we make it full screen so I don't have to look at myself? No? Oh, gosh, okay. Abraham didn't... <laughs> Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. He did not focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. I ain't even finished school. Neither did our character from today. Come on. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades, decades, counting by tens, decades of infertility, and give up. Okay. Next, I'm being helped. I was doing real, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Is that where I am now? Okay. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. Being real cute with it. 
You know, you're not, you're not saying it, but you're asking it, and that, that ain't going to work either. Well, I don't know, you think, no, see, it's not about what somebody else's thinks. It's about what did the word say. Stop focusing and dwelling on that, all right? He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he has said. That's why it is said. That's my fault because I should have printed it myself. That's my fault. But you get the point. He didn't focus on impotence. He didn't focus on infertility. He didn't focus on the amount of time it was taken. He didn't focus on any of that. He kept his eyes on the promise God made him, that you were going to be the father of many nations. If your soul is still asking questions like when, like why me, like why not me, you're not there yet. But don't worry about it. You just get yourself back in this word and reset the boundaries of your soul. See, when you start asking questions, here's what you're doing. You're moving your fence posts. You're just trying to find a way to give yourself more margin because here's what your soul really wants to do. It really wants to let you off the hook. It wants to tell you you've done great. You've done enough. You're just fine. You've made it. Can I tell you something? We've not done enough. We have not yet made it. We're not yet there. There's still more land to be had. There's still more houses to be built. Come on here. There's still more schools that need to be opened. There's still more. We're not done, ladies and gentlemen. This is just the beginning. All right? So he did. Now, here's one. Media, you don't have this because this one just came to me during praise and worship. Abram did not despise correction. Go to Genesis chapter 17, verses 16 through 19. See, if you're going to get a soul that's, that's able to receive, you've got to have correction in your life. You've got, it's, it's, it's impossible. Do you know, um, when you're learning how to do something and you're learning how to do something well, you know, you need people in your life that's going to tell you the truth. What's unfortunate is so many of us like people around us who agree with us. But when you want to be great, somebody's got to tell you no. You know, your daughter's learning to sew, and you look at that hemline, and it's all like this. Don't say, oh, you did good. No, ma'am, you did not. You take a seam ripper, and you rip it out, and you say, do it again. Pastor Kim, that's rough. My second graders know I keep the good white pintail erasers. And they stand there and they say, I did it. I got an A. I did my best. I right, listen, I gave you grace because I can't read that. So you know what I do? I take my eraser and I erase the whole page. And you got to see their face and go, why you just Because that's illegible. I had to decipher that. Everybody's not going to decipher your hand. I'm not going to always be in here with you. I've got to have you ready so that no matter who reads it, they know you're right. Erase it. Do it again. You know, it's okay to say that that ain't great. That's not. It's the only way we develop. But if we keep, oh, you're, you're wonderful. Come on, talk to me, 
Oh, you're, that's just, no, no, Junior, you did, you did great, no. That joker fumbled six balls and dropped three receptions. That ain't great. You better get out there and do, you better, no, no, that wasn't great. That wasn't great. That wasn't great. No, that was not, that wasn't great. No, that wasn't great. That wasn't great. No, 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 that wasn't. Oh, who highlights would you want? Would you want to watch this? That one great. That's cruel. No, that's not cruel. You got to tell the truth. But then once you bring the truth, you've got to be willing to show them how. No, this is how you do it properly. All right? So he did not despise correction. Genesis chapter 17. Hallelujah. I want to be great. That's right. Uh, verses 16 through 19. Look at this right here. It says, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. He's talking about his wife, Sarah, right? Then I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. She's been infertile for decades, y'all. Decades. Decades. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, Well, Ishmael will be all okay. Well, we can work with Ishmael. He said, No. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. He didn't say Ishmael was okay. Got no problem. He had no problem with Ishmael. But no, that's not what I promised. That's not what we discussed. No, it's going to be Sarah. All right? Look at this. Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 through 12. And this will sound very familiar because we read it every month, but also we see this in Hebrews chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Listen, if my husband never, ever said anything to me about anything I was doing wrong, he can't keep saying he loved me. You let me bake, you know, cornbread and take it to the potluck, and you know my cornbread be dry. You know, you know, you, you, you always putting it in milk. But you're going to let me bring it to church and hand it to people? Uh-uh, it's fine. It's, you can't love me. You're going to let me make two big old pans of it? No. He loved me enough to say, no, baby, don't you take the cornbread. Here's what you do. You take the ice and the cups. You take the ice and the cups. And, but most people will get mad. Well, why you think? What you mean? No. He's correcting me. He says, now, I'm going to tell you something. I tasted sister so-and-so cornbread, and her cornbread, now, don't take it the wrong way. Her cornbread was good. Hey, won't you ask her, what, is, what are you missing? Because you got it to bake, you got it to rise, but something missing. Just, and, and before you know it, people are asking me to bring the cornbread to the potluck. But if I can never say, hey, your cornbread bad, everybody laughing about your cornbread. 
They're laughing about your cornbread. But Abraham allowed God to say no. He allowed God to say no. 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 It will not be Hagar. It will not be Ishmael. No, your child, the promise will come, as I said, through Sarah and Isaac. All right? Now, let's keep going. He avoided strife. And he chose not to be offended. He avoided strife. Pastor talked to us about this on Sunday. When Lot's herdsmen and his herdsmen were getting into strife over, over land, Abram said, hey, man, let there be no strife between us. Wherever land you see that you want, take it. So I can't keep getting into strife. When I get into strife, I close my borders. I close my borders. Well, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, when you close your borders, you don't let anything in, you don't let anything out. I'm not trying to hear what you have to say, nor am I trying to say anything to you so we get nowhere. Strife closes your borders. You can't grow that way. I said you can't grow that way. You can't receive that way. That's right. Come on, whether you like it, you can't receive it. God is trying to pour in greatness. Whatever you define as greatness, according to your conversation you've had with him. If we keep getting over into the strife territory, all sorts of things, because we know where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil word. It only starts with strife. It don't end there. All sorts of things that come out, all right? Next one, he had no codependencies or unspiritual attachments. Abraham received his promise. But he had no codependencies. I just can't leave my daddy. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't never be without my daddy. You know, my brother, me and my brother go way back. I can't, I can't. No, no. When it was time to say bye, it was time to say bye. Why? There's a promise that he's trying to receive. At this time, he didn't even know what the promise was. But for some reason, the voice of God sounded very trustworthy. And he was willing to say, you know what? I love you, Daddy. Uh -huh. Love your brother. Yep. But this voice yes. is calling me out. Yes. And I've got to obey it. Right. No codependencies. Well, what do you mean codependency? If you can't do without somebody. Now, I'm not saying your husband, your wife. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you can't make a move unless so-and-so make a move. You can't grow unless they grow. You can't go unless they go. We got a problem. Right. We got a problem. We should need anybody like that. Because can I tell you something? On the road to greatness, you're going to lose a lot of people. And if you keep staying attached, you know how many churches we've pastored? We would have quit 19 years ago. Easily. 17 years ago, 15 years ago. You can't form these attachments like that. The only person I am tied to to the end is my husband and God. My child, I love them, but they're going to leave me. I said they're going to leave me. Mamas, daddies, those children are going to leave you. And they're going to forget Mother's Day. You know why they're going to forget Mother's Day? Because now they got a wife who's a mother. And they might say, ooh, I forgot to call you. It'd be like 9.30. And they say, oh, hey, Ma. Oh, you just don't get funny. Say, okay, man. Because now he... Changes. We go through changes. Here's the last one. 
He had no trust issues. He had no trust issues. He trusted God to provide for him. Remember in Genesis chapter 14, when the king of Sodom wanted to bless him and make him rich? He said, no, I'm trusting God to do this thing. He's done it this far. He's brought me to a beautiful land. I'm not leaving him now. I'm not going to take anything from you, lest you say. Lest you say. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in who? The Lord. Don't place your trust in anything else. Not your degree, not your job, not your connections. Come on now. Not your mama, not your daddy. Nobody else. All of our trusts. And I guarantee you, if the Bible says for us to look at Abraham, then I think there's a benefit. Now, that's not an exhaustive list. I think we could go online and just keep building. I don't know. Send me some more. Just keep building. Because as we grow in the revelation of who our father is in, in the faith is, we grow. Because God told us if we look unto him, we can have what he had. I mean, against hope, he laid hold to everything God promised. He was impotent. Ladies and gentlemen, there was no urologist there to help him. There were no magic pills to help him. There was no in vitro to help Sarai. There was nothing. There was no hormone replacement there. There was nothing. But the problem is, is now we moved our boundaries so far that we want to try to mix our faith with all of this other stuff, and it's not working. Our boundaries have to be here. Now, if you move your fence post and you need some medical help, do you know God is able to meet you over there? God is able to meet you right over there. I told you, with my heel, my, uh, my Achilles, I went to the doctor because I didn't know what it was. All I knew, I couldn't move my foot. Now, this can't be normal. I didn't know what it was. I got all the way to the place of considering surgery because I didn't know. I just didn't know. I had not built any faith on restorative miracles. When they say something is severed, something is, I had a complete tear. I didn't have a strain. I didn't have a... I had a complete, I mean, I'm looking at that thing like, oh, I needed a miracle. And that's what I got. But my fence post went way up. My fence post moved down the street. But do you know what God did? Went right over there. I said, okay, let's go over this again. Jeremiah 33, read that. I will restore you. I will bring you health and healing. I will heal you, and I will uh, reveal to you an abundance of peace and truth. You said you'll do what, Father God? He says, I'll reveal to you an abundance of peace and truth. I will heal you. You will heal me? Sir, you don't understand. He said, I will heal you. I said, well, yes, sir. Picked up my fence post and brought it right back here to the word, right back to the word, right back to the word. word. And then what did he do? He started sending me help. He started sending me help to... Because I was in a boundary where he could help me. I got all those other voices out. I said, I got all the other voices out. It was his voice and his voice alone. And I'm telling you, whatever arena, you know God has made you a promise in. You can get your soul to a place that it can receive. It's going to take time. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to take time. It's going to take some effort on your part. But you will receive if you believe. 
you will receive. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. You will receive. You will receive. The truth of the matter is, if you've been connected to this ministry for any given amount of time, you have enough word in you to begin to manifest. You've got enough journals with enough sermon notes to, to start your own library of Congress. You've got enough. Here's the key. We got to start doing something with it. We've got to get our souls. And you, got, you know how you get your soul in line? You beat it back into subjection. Listen, your children get out, got out of line. You don't just say, oh, they'll figure it out. No, they don't figure it out. They keep moving their fence posts because they find out it's just prairie land out there. Boy, it's wide open. Nope. You start tightening the reins a little. You just start tightening. You start tightening the reins. You start, you know, that's why people have winches on their trucks, right? You put some load on the back of your truck. You don't want to get on 275 and your load starts slipping. No, you tighten that winch until, the, until those straps begin to hold. Tighten your soul up. I can't tighten your soul. Pastor can't do it. Your intercessory butt, they can't do it. You've got to tighten your, you got to say, you know what? My fence posts are moving. I feel myself entertaining a whole lot of things I know ain't going to benefit me. Well, how do you know they aren't going to benefit? Just look at the people around you. Did it benefit them? I'm not talking about getting a house, getting a car. I'm talking about total life salvation. I'm talking you're rich, your children are well, your body's well, your marriage is tight, you're operating in ministry as you're supposed to. You're walking in your calling. You're walking out your destiny. I'm not talking about getting a pocket full of money. You can go in the corner and slang dope and get a pocket full of money. Truth be told, there's just money out there to be had. There's money out there. To, there's money out there to be had. I'm talking about laying hold to the promises of God. And if you'll just say, you know what? I've been all over the place. Like I was all over the place. I told you, move my fence post. Well, just recently I found myself just being, just being casual about my faith not really active in it. Just believing God for miracles, going through the motions, knowing that, knowing that it works. You know, you can get to that place where you know this thing, this thing works. That won't get me to the next level. I said that won't, what'd you just say? That's something. You go back to naturalism, what dad just preached. All of a sudden, you're not doing supernatural things, you're doing natural things because you're trying to maintain what faith, and it won't, it won't work. It won't work. So Father God, we love you and we bless you today. And we thank you so much. I thank you personally for stirring me up in faith, for helping me to get my soul back into the proper alignment with your word so that all of heaven's best can flow through our lives. God, we thank you for our father Abraham and what you've given us about him in your word that stirs us up and lets us know that against all hope, we can hope and we can have. We receive it today. We thank you for correction in the name of Jesus. God, we do whatever it is you tell us to do, Father God, because we know your way works and your way is right. We close our eyes and our ears to the world and we fix our eyes on those things you told us to fix our eyes on. 
You told us to fix our eyes on Jesus. You told us to fix our eyes on Sarah and Abraham. You told us to keep your word before us, oh God. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We shut out every other distraction. We shut out every other voice, oh God, that's telling us that there's another way. You told us that no longer would our teacher be hidden. We thank you that our teacher's living right on the inside of us, guiding us, teaching us, and bringing us into truth. We love you and we bless your name. And Father God, we declare today, we're ready to receive, sir. Show us what we need to do. We're ready to go to work in the spirit realm. We love you and we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Bless God. Bless God. Thank you, sir. Now come on and give God a hand today. And give, give Pastor Kim a hand. Thank God for her.